0: Hello everyone and welcome to the second edition in this little Best of Worst of British mini-series where two-thirds of your regular hosts, myself, Lorcan Mullen, and other regular co-hosts...
1: Hello, I'm the odd job to his (laughs) Goldfinger. Call me Tom Hodkinson.
0: We are working our way through four of the worst-rated or most notorious of the Bond films in anticipation for the eventual release. Uh, Emphasis on eventual... Of the 24th instalment in the official order. Oh, it's 25th, isn't it? Is it the 25th? I believe it's the 25th. Yes, you're right. Sorry, I apologise. 25th. No time to die. Uh, Already Tom there with the fact-checking. But we have with us a special guest who, unlike Michael, doesn't fit all the demographics that we also fit, actually will maybe give some contrary opinions about... Not just this film, but maybe Bond in general. I don't know if you want to make the introductions, Tom. This is kind of your get for us this time.
1: <laughs> my, I, I'm the one that gets, yes. Let's jump, Please welcome uh, award-nominated and winning actress and comedian, Mary Flanagan.
2: Oh my goodness, an actress and comedian. Ha uh, ha ha! Ha ha
1: ha ha Been in BBC Things before? The- I
2: have. I, I guess I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hello! Hello. Very excited. I'm afraid that my major, you know, contrasting viewpoint is that this is a great
1: movie but um oh so it is like having michael here brilliant okay
2: yeah Yeah. i just just couldn't understand it when tom sent me the initial message we're doing the four worst bond movies do you want to talk about octopussy and i was like yeah but when are you going to get me to talk about the four worst bond movies i don't i don't understand
3: bond hits an all-time high Roger Moore is Ian Fleming's James Bond 007 in Octopussy Newest and most thrilling of the James Bond adventures, filling the screen with excitement. In the tradition of the great James Bond films, octopusy has everything elegant palaces and beautiful women. Good morning. Good morning, sir. James Bond, I believe you have a reservation for me. You. We've been expecting you, sir. I'm octopusy. And you are James Bond, 007, licensed to kill.
4: Am I to be your target for tonight?
3: Bond at his best, hitting an all-time high in octopusy. Step on it! The Bond that tops them all. racing across the screen with thrills and excitement. Roger Moore in his newest James Bond adventure, hitting an all-time high in Octopussy.
0: wanted to cover each of the major bonds no offense to george lazenby and timothy dalton Mm. but we've already done diamonds are forever with sean connery after this one we'll be doing die another day with uh, pierce brosnan ah
2: another classic
0: (laughs) (laughs) aaron also at least defended the theme song if nothing else for that one Mm. so it is interesting to get these contrary opinions and for the last one we are also doing quantum of solace Mm. which is another divisive All of the Bond films are going to be divisive. I think every Bond film is going to have its defender.
1: Mm. But it's generally agreed that Quantum of Solace is the most boring thing that's ever had James Bond's name stamped to it. Including James Bond stamps.
2: (laughs) The Quantum of Solace is an interesting film to talk about in regards to Octopussy because Mm. I'm not going to tell you that this film made sense. I'm not going to tell you that the action was great i'm gonna ask you were you ever bored (laughs) and the answer is no you were not in the first 20 minutes you go to four different countries it's to be honest i can see it as like an opposite end of the scale to quantum of solace Mm. quantum of solace took itself too seriously was boring
0: yeah that is true
2: octopussy was like we're essentially a panto we're in the tradition of carry-on films anything goes and everything is going
0: before we talk too much about bond let's talk a bit about mary flanagan Mm. where where did you grow up out of curiosity
2: belfast
0: belfast born and bred were you an avid film goer yourself during your youth are you a not necessarily a film geek but a cinema lover a movie buff maybe or is it not of your interest
2: it's entirely my interest i consider myself to have an average knowledge of film And then I talk to other people who, you know, aren't, that I'm not related to. And it turns out that I have an above average knowledge of film. The first time I watched The Godfather, right, I was maybe seven. Wow. If not younger. Because my dad loves films. And we watched a lot of stuff that was wildly inappropriate. Because dad was like, this is cinema history. Get in here. Get in here. Watch this. You go, oh, cool. Yeah, so I've always kind of had that, like... In my family And I've always like Been able to sort of Talk about movies You know Bond movies Roger Moore You know everyone has like Their Bond Who was their first Person they saw playing Bond, so Roger Moore was my Bond. Mm. Like, and do you remember when ITV went through a period of just running in them, like there'd be one Bond at least every weekend.
0: Oh yeah, that was a, a common point we were talking with Aaron as well. Yeah,
2: watching those as a as a young child, being like, this is cinema. I don't consider myself a film nerd because I've talked to actual film nerds and I know that I get blown straight out of the water, but I do love. Talking about movies, and I do love like watching them. Um, I don't necessarily would be a fan of super going to the cinema all the time, but you know, like in lockdown. Um, well, this is actually before lockdown, is it? Sisters in another city in in England. My brother is in Derry. My family's in Belfast, and we all we did a coordinated group watch of The Irishman.
0: Oh, oh, wow! Where we
2: all hit play at the same
0: time. But was it just three hours of people going, shh,
2: shut up, I'm trying to watch the movie? No, 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 because we, we weren't, it was also on Zoom, it wasn't on Skype, it was just everyone hit play on their remotes at the same time. It was basically me and my siblings WhatsApping each other uh, in the family WhatsApp going, oh, this is great, this is great, oh, I didn't like that bit, oh, I don't know about this guy, oh, the daughter, something's going to happen with her. And then my father occasionally like leaning in to be like, toilet break, and then we all <laughs> had to hit pause. And then start again. We watched Emma like that as well as as a family. Is that the
0: recent one?
2: Yeah. So the thing, Bond is one of those movies or one of those kind of types of films that I have, even though it's, (laughs) there's a lot of problems with Bond. It's very cozy to me. It reminds me of like time with my family and time with my dad. And I think a lot of people have that. But So basically, I always kind of watched Bond and, you know, was aware of Bond and all the rest of it. And and I'm usually pretty good at being like, if someone, if I throw out a movie and someone hasn't seen it, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, you haven't seen, because, you know, who cares? They haven't. And maybe they've seen something that I haven't. And there's no like, you know, you're going to be like, oh my God. But I was talking to a housemate recently, and then she said, oh, I've never seen a Bond movie. And I was trying so hard to be like, okay, that's fine. And I couldn't. Like she was, she was like, you can't meet my eyes. And I was like, uh-huh. I just I didn't know that. Really?
1: Which is, of course, very judgmental of me. Indeed, terribly bad of me. I don't feel that there's anyone that I know outwardly that hasn't even seen one Bond film. Yeah. Even, even if you watch it as like an entry-level thing to understand what the series is about, and then you just decide you don't like it, that's fine. I've never met anyone that's never seen one.
2: It's it's interesting, and I think like I don't know. It's it's like a you know, if you watched British TV, you probably saw at least like ten minutes of the Bond movie, yeah, because they were always on. They were always kind of constantly on. Um, but yeah, so that's my that's my relationship with uh, cinema and Bond, and uh, yeah, all the rest of it.
0: Because it's curious, you were saying about um, some of the problematic aspects of Bond, and this is one film that addresses it. Well, it doesn't address it, and maybe, obviously, if it was to be done now, I think it probably would. The fact that almost this entire film takes place in India, and there's a moment towards the end when Bond arrives in a giant Union Jack hot air balloon, mm. about to take attack an Indian palace.
2: <laughs> that is the metaphor, but also, I mean, that just, you know, plus point for Bond, he'll literally, he'll fuck anybody. If you, are, if you have boobs, he does not see colour. Uh, 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 except for Money Penny. Except for Money Penny.
0: <laughs> well, there he sees his own age.
2: Yes, yeah, that was that's the shot of them two together of born and Money Penny. I was like, oh, an age-appropriate woman. And you don't know, like. It's only when she was standing beside him, and I was like, ah, fuck! They must have tried to keep that sh- those shots to a minimum because she somehow <laughs> made him look older. There was a line uh, where he after he's won the um, the backgammon game. And he throws out the money, and he gives the money to the kind of heads of station in India. And he tells, he says to one of them, that should keep you in Korea for a few weeks. I was like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, Bond.
0: Of all the locations Bond has travelled in his time, he's never turned up in Ireland or Belfast, where you'd think maybe...
2: We weren't a particularly fun place in the 70s and 80s, and indeed the 90s for Brosnan. We just, it, like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's not a glamorous locale. Uh, <laughs> I did see. Uh, it was some some tweet that was like, wasn't it lucky Austin Powers was frozen throughout the seventies, eighties, and early nineties? Otherwise, he would surely have
0: been deployed in Northern Ireland as a top <laughs> British
2: Secret Service. <laughs> agent. Now that's
0: an Austin Powers film we need I, to see. Yeah, from the makers of Seventy One.
2: <laughs> yeah, some like sexy girl in bed with him, being like, "Oh my God, Austin,
0: that was amazing." <laughs> I love that. You've got your mojo back. Us in being treated to a pint of Guinness and a pack of Tato crisps. Yes, ah, but which Tato? <laughs> well that's where the controversy starts.
2: That's exactly it. That's where that's where the troubles began. <laughs> I'm just delighted to give you boys
0: a quick Irish history lesson in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Well, obviously, as a name Lorcan Mullen would suggest, mm. I, I, I have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm a novice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you're
1: Welsh. Um, you're also
0: a Celt. Oh, yeah, down straight.
1: I have my own tartan. It's fine. There is a
0: brotherhood. So, we've sort of uh, made light allusions to moments in the film, but I'm going to try and take another crack at the thing that I failed last time by about 30 Was it about 20 seconds, 30 seconds I was about off last that, time? Yeah, time.
1: so um, I've got my oh, stopwatch yeah. ready this time. <laughs>
0: Brilliant! Here we go. So this is me trying to do 007 in one o seven. I will try to pack in the entire two hour ten minute plot of Octopussy in a hundred and seven seconds, or as close as possible to it. If I succeed, I will get a biscuit. If I don't, I will commiserate myself with a biscuit. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: one way or another, the man's getting M- uh, McVitties. That's, that's much I know.
0: So here we go. Do- Octopussy, you ready? 007 in one o seven. Count me down, in Tom. Three,
4: two. One, go. $7 foils the Cuban government methods seen in national After the opening credits to a crown running away from nine fine twins. The crown dies for a fabric egg. Back in London dollar seven informed that the dead crime was Doll9, who are attempted to find out why these usually rare eggs were being frequently bought to auction. They are forgeries from the world of Portuguese Soviet general Paul, who wishes the union top quite ballest in Europe. On the test latest egg auction of other people, for the big walls by his car is the X Afghan prince Mark Khan. Khan wins the plan to find him bear, but Bond switches the real egg with a fortune. On follows Khan and his female accomplishments to Khan's house in India and reveals the real extra injury backham, which Bond by using his Until Bond to underclass mix counter and with the egg, which can't bring to a mysterious woman who demands mom's presence, only to tell a out of her house. With this is arrival and this is when plans will Next day, Bond and Sabre hunted through the jungle by Khan and his men. He returns to the palace the next night via crocodile and meets Octopussy. The woman with demands his prince Octopussy knows Bond from an early mission, but on the catch of her British father and charges among the of trees many years ago, but the latter commits suicide instead. Octopussy has made a fortune in for a variety of businesses, including jewel smuggling and circus. She needs a group of women called the Octopus cult dressed like the incredible the Incredibles. Bond Octopussy has sex, and Octopussy have sex while his valet and sister B.J. is killed by Khan's side as asses. he has assassins attack bomb but he fights them off with their rings yo-yos. Although Octopussy leaves Bond, drowns and scuffle, Bond East Germany to see what the He quickly the a number of number Octopussy. the real reason of the bomb by one of Surface. Whilst leaving themselves enough time to escape for detonation, Bond kills one of the Takes his place. He catches all and realizes all of the plans that the, plan the Americans will think it was one of their own bombs that caused mass casualties and what will be found, making it helpless to rush an attack across Europe. This is a very stupid plan. All of the men attack, but Bond escapes despite his hair being blown out by driving on the railway after the surface by which he boards again. Bond realizes that the train is carrying bomb but as he it down, he gets gunned down. But on the orders of his political rival, the of KGB, bomb to the three hours time. Gendry realizes Bond is on the train and he cannot be chased. Bond and the other nine throw four off the train and Bond kills him in revenge for the blow nine. Bond reaches the circus in time to prevent it getting away and the guards themselves the clown. Bond informs up of the capture of the and the army general of the bomb's presence. A right breaks out. several soldiers, but reveal the bomb by shooting at. Bond that was well past 107 i
0: would be lucky if that was past 207
1: that felt like almost as long as the movie larkin it's a
0: very long film
1: would you like the official time
0: oh god i don't know if i can take it i've got my biscuit ready
1: 3 minutes 38.8 seconds
3: Oh, Which, for a two-hour,
1: ten-minute film, isn't bad. Thank you. Have yourself a Garibaldi in commiseration.
2: You know where You where you kind of you, 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 you missed your chance. Really, you you were correcting mispronunciations. I would have just
1: power barreled through,
2: through with it. Yeah. Just abs- like you know, say bong, say octopusy do do whatever. <laughs> just just get to the get to the point. And what is the point? There is no point. It is a hectic plot. And basically, you have two potentially really good villains in this. Like, Kamar Khan is played by the the amazing Louis Jordan, and just this, like, kind of oozing sort of threat and evil and the idea that he's just fabulously wealthy and he's rotten to the core, insane with the lust for power and for war, uh, Orloff. I think they're both really interesting, and you kind of we tip over more into Khan's side, which is fun and campy, and you know the whole like chasing and chasing Bond run in the back of an elephant thing. That's great. The real threat, as it were, comes from comes from Orlov, mm. and we don't really see him as much.
0: So, would you have fused those two characters together, maybe?
2: No. Um, what would I have done? I would have made Khan. As opposed to double crossing octopus, I would have had him try to double cross Orloff and perhaps Orloff kill can and then the final thing is between Bond and Orloff, not Bond and Can. I think that's what I would have done.
0: Yeah, I was surprised when Orloff got gunned down. Yeah, because um, it's a
2: really because Stephen Burkoff is obviously a fantastic actor and like a writer and you know bad boy of British theatre for a while. I mean, everyone's eating the scenery. Everyone is, like, turned up to 11 in this movie. And that's why I like it. Like, this is peak kind of campy Bond for me. For it to work, you need everyone f- fully bloody committing to every single ridiculous line. It's an insane thing to ask a human woman to say, it's my little octopussy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was thinking about that. Thank God they didn't try to make a song out of that title.
2: Octopus A is my eight pussies.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Shirley Bassey, you've been done and dirty again.
0: Yeah, yeah. What was funny range. was uh, I was looking at who wrote the lyrics to oh, that song yeah. All Time High, and it was Tim Rice, and uh, he would have just recently refused to have anything to do with cats. He's like, why do people want me to write lyrics about felines all the time? um, Wait a minute, that's not what this one's about.
2: I was doing some research on the whole, on like, some of the cast stuff, and I'm sure maybe Lorcan, you already have this down. Louis Jordan, or or Jordan, I'm not sure, a French actor, he lived in occupied France during the war, obviously, tried to avoid doing French propaganda stuff, had to flee to unoccupied France. He was being forced to do propaganda films for the Nazis, and so he ran away as a doing that and he actually worked for the resistance and he like photocopied and distributed leaflets and then after the war uh moved to new hollywood and i thought that was really cool
1: yeah that's that, that's very Bondesque. if anything he lives the bond then he gets to play the opposite side in the bond what more do you want in life? What more
2: do you want? Even, like, the, the guy who's um, helping Bond in the auction is, like, ridiculous. Everybody is ridiculous in this movie.
0: You know, people who take their Bond very seriously, and they don't like the campy sides of it. They love the Daniel Craigs, and they defend the Timothy Daltons. They this I think there's, like, at least a half dozen events in this whole film Would be on like their their worst of list, you know, things like uh, him telling a cat to sit, (laughs) telling a tiger to sit, swinging through the vines with the Tarzan yell dubbed over it.
1: It's like a Wilhelm scream, it's so unnecessary. (laughs)
0: It's funny, they've been doing that throughout the recent films, like little music drops that are just really explicit references, like mm. in Spy Who Loved Me, they drop in Lawrence of Arabia.
2: Well, and of course, as soon as he lands in, and Vijay makes contact with him by playing the Bond theme, which Bond yes. somehow recognises as though that's kind of, he's like, is in-universe, he's like, that's my theme music, Hello. <laughs>
0: Do you think they were aware of what they were saying with the Bond theme music being used to make a serpent stand erect? <laughs>
2: yes. Absolutely.
1: Interesting thing, this is the only James Bond film where the music is used actually as part of the film rather than just in the background. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting way to use it, try and seduce a snake. And the, the actor the of actor EJ, I'm going to really butcher the surname now, Amrit T- sh- 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 sh. let's call him VJ the actor who played VJ who was also called VJ actually was terrified of snakes and hated doing the scene hence why at the end he says that was the wrong cover I hate snakes
2: oh yay oh I like that it's a kind of movie where yeah it's just the the tennis match bit the bit where they have yeah. the, the people on the street watching it like it's a tennis match—that
1: is another in-joke because the actor Vijay is actually a really good Indian tennis player. Hence, why he keeps using a tennis racket throughout the film. Amazing! So it was a little nods to his history, like you like you said earlier in the in the show. It's it is Bond pantomime up to its. Mm-hmm. The fact that M didn't come out as a pantomime dame is more than shocking
0: that was one of the things I loved you know one of the first things you see is a clown being chased by two twin knife men Mm -hmm. and you're you you know you're like you can't possibly try and take this one seriously lads as if the title hasn't already Mm. suggested which way they're gonna go about it what I love though in the later part of the film when literally Roger Moore dresses like a clown which you know must have driven so many like Sean Connery obsessives mad like Sean Connery would never have got made up as a clown. Is what I love the implication of that is the bomb got all the way dressed up and did the full makeup. That's
2: the thing. Knowing
0: that there was a ticking bomb. And I'd love the idea that you would go up to the army general and say, you've got 30 seconds to get there. The army general just stopping and going, did you paint that extra teardrop thing with knowing that we only had a few seconds left? Well, I had to commit to character. Clowning is like, and cloned painting
2: is like a specific skill that they mm. teach you, and it just is bizarre. It's such a bizarre choice.
1: I do hope that Roger Moore did the uh, traditional clown thing of painting his clown face onto an egg mm. to uh, copyright himself.
0: Well, he had plenty of eggs to do that with, so, you know. Comp- copywriting on eggs. Copywriting on Fabregge eggs. Is there anything more ghost <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought it would smarten it up a bit.
0: You have
2: the opening... <laughs> where you've got ridiculous uh, fake horse arse being driven around by a woman whose dialogue has all been ADR'd months later. You've got Bond versus pretending to be Toro, uh, the, the lieutenant. You've got all that, and you kind of switch from this big, sunny... And basically, it's a punchline. It ends in a gag. Fill yeah. her up, and then... Learn time,
1: Another interesting tidbit. That line... Almost didn't make it into the film. The director pulled it, saw a preview screening in his local cinema of the trailer. People Mm. loved the line, so he threw it back in last minute. Yeah. He almost almost missed a quality joke there. I know that it's crazy
2: that the the clown is, in full clown makeup, carrying a balloon around his wrist. If I'm being chased by knife people and I have a balloon around my wrist, oh, I'm getting rid of that
0: fucking balloon. I thought it would help me fly away.
2: It didn't work. It's very tonally different. And weirdly, when the clown crashes through the window and throws out the egg, to me, you get a glimpse of the slightly more serious version of that they could have done, where it would have been a little kind of ghoulish almost. Yeah. But instead... They kind of continued the tone on of the opening.
0: I think all the negative stereotyping about clowns maybe hadn't reached its peak yet at that point. Because mm. that was one of the notes I made when he comes out dressed as a clown. I said, the fact that not a single child in the crowd seems to be crying and wetting themselves through fear is the least realistic thing in this whole movie. <laughs> but I guess this is before It and the, the miniseries and the idea of clowns as more of a monstrous thing. I mean, clowns have always been... Presents as monstrous somewhat ironically but now that seems to be the overriding yes. opinion of what clowns are which now. is really
2: tough for like actual clown performers so then we go into the whole kind of fabricating egg uh, auction business possession of a
0: lady or was it, was, it, was it Possessed by a Woman or something? What's the title? Of? I think that's the name of a, a short story, isn't it? The, of the Bonds or something like
2: that. Oh, that's cool. I like those wee little nuggets for the Ian Fleming fans. Because I I, I did read a lot of Bond, actually. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I had a collection of, of Bond books that I devoured as a, as a teenager. And it was not a good idea. If you are <laughs> a young woman in you yeah, going oh, through God. puberty, don't read Bond books.
0: Because I've never read any of them. What are, like, the differences?
2: They're really well written. They're usually pretty perfectly crafted spy novels. The sexual politics are fucked. Like, fucked. If you want to be terrified of men, I can't recommend a better set of books. I'd describe them as summer reads, basically. I mean, all of them are awful from, like, a socially conscious perspective. But Dr. No is great. Yes, but uh, a terribly, terribly, terribly terribly fun, terribly fun, terribly fun read. I didn't know that little little nugget there. Uh, so I did like kind of the, the auction scene and I liked Khan as this kind of incredibly wealthy, oily uh you know, um cold fish who can be kind of driven to um fury by Bond, uh who's surrounded sort of well. by I mean basically you can draw a line from Khan to what was it, the batting in Casino Royale? Oh
0: Oh, Le Chief. Le Chief.
2: I think you can draw a st- of the kind of species of Bond villains. There, there, there's a family tree. There's, there's a family connection.
0: Yeah, he's one of the more understated Bond villains, and also his henchmen. And I was thinking, like, this was at a time when maybe the biggest legacy of Roger Moore or all the maybe he's most famous for are all the henchmen in his films. Yes. You know, Teehee, He, Nick Knack, Jaws. You know, so popular they brought him back a second time. Yeah, yeah.
2: Govinda, Govinda here is great. The the crushing of the of the dice.
0: Fantastic. I was wondering, what is his gimmick though? What's his distinguishing feature? And I realised, his
1: distinguishing like... feature is that he can crush things with his bare hands, and that he wears a turban. Therefore, I designated him throughout all of my notes as the Turbanator. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: God. Well, that's what's so weird, actually. When you look, you realize kind of how out of place elements of the Bond films are at this point, when you realize that obviously, like Raiders of the Lost Ark came out only two years before this, and it was only made because Spielberg couldn't get the chance to direct a Bond film himself, ah, because they thought he was just he tried to try to imprint too much of his style into it, whereas it had always been kind of an in-house mm. operation. Like editors would get promoted and. Mm. Also, I think one of the most alarming things about being out of time is if you look in the, this was the thing I realized, in the opening, you know, gun barrel shots, mm. he's still wearing flared trousers from when they must have filmed it originally in, like, 1976 or something, and yeah. they haven't bothered to change it, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, of course.
0: I thought there was a lot in the fact that at one point when he's trying to get to the circus and some youths in a car drive along and imply they're going to give him a lift. Uh And then they just drive off yelling at him like, walk granddad. Ah, (laughs) Obviously Roger Moore himself is, I think he kind of was visibly too old for the role from about well, basically, all of the eighties are visibly too old for it, and I think he himself knew that I think he thought for your eyes only was going to be his last one this didn't he?
2: yeah, this particular film, I think you can see a lot I think it's also because of use besides so many beautiful young women that yeah the his creakled, creased face is, uh is pretty' is pretty hard to hard to watch.
0: Well, I've got the data up here now for like the age gap between Bond and all the different women that he's been with. Mm-hmm. If you're curious, actually, I'll see what, what do you think is the average age gap between James Bond and the women in the films that he's been in with? All
2: of the films?
0: All of the films. And that also means you're factoring people like Monica Bellucci. Mm. They made a big deal about the fact that she was the first time, I think, in ages Bond had been seducing an older woman. You know, happens to be the most, maybe the most beautiful woman that ever lived, but still, you know.
2: I'm going to say, let me think, because there'll be the average and then there'll be the more average, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah, well, I'll give you the more average after I give you the regular average. Well, so
2: I'm going to say it's probably, in between 10 to 15, I'm going to say 12 years.
0: Uh, Tom, do you want to go higher or lower on that?
1: I'm going to go higher. I'm going to suggest somewhere around the 25 year age gap.
0: For more or for all the bonds?
1: Yeah, for all the bonds I'm gonna say twenty. Twenty-five for 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 more.
0: Mary's closer. It was the average when you add it all up is thirteen point eight seven. So essentially fourteen years. So a whole school life.
1: Age is for the number, <laughs> Lorcan.
0: Mm. And if we take the the bond years, the age gap between him on average so you so do you want to revise yours Tom or are you going to stick with what was it 25 uh, 25 or Roger more? Moore? And Mary what are you going to go with Roger Moore?
2: I'm going to go with uh,
0: 18. It's 22 and a half Ooh, essentially. Kind of in between. The biggest age gap is for your eyes only with Carol Boquette, where he's almost 30 years older than her. Oh, Jesus. There's like 6 weeks off of him being 30 when she was born.
1: <laughs> he would have been busy doing the saint <laughs> <sighs> so carol
2: boquette is in
0: there you go well there you go and the smallest gap was Britt eckland in the man with the golden gun and that one he was literally 15 years older than her and that was the smallest age gap between his on-screen partners
2: bloody hell made out like a bandit
0: as we
1: know obviously like we said uh roger moore was getting on in his years at the time. 55 years old at this recording.
0: He's two years older than Sean Connery.
1: Yeah. Oh. So he was he was clearly showing it at this point. Uh, especially when digital yeah. camera... Uh, well, when camera technology was advancing as well. Yeah. You get to see... Yeah.
0: The 4K upgrade hasn't done him yeah. favours. <laughs> you definitely see more thinking.
1: of the leather on the skin. He was almost not going to be in this film. They auditioned Timothy Dalton and yeah. somewhere out there there is a test screening with james brolin in the main role
0: I, I was wondering that like what do you think would be more controversial to like bond obsessives who get angry about these sort of silly things what do you think would offend them more if they cast a british woman or a british man of color or a white american man what do you think would piss them off more Hmm,
2: because I feel like a white American man
1: actually might piss everybody (laughs) off a bit more. As a Bond purist, I actually absolutely have to say I genuinely don't care. (laughs) As long as the format is vaguely the same, as long as it's still entertaining, I'll watch it, I don't care.
0: How do you feel about that, Mary? Would you like to see a female Bond?
2: I guess I'd rather there was an original character, you know, I, I kind of feel like in a lot of the later books there's an acknowledgement that bond is a dinosaur that bond's kind of the last Mm. of of a certain type of spy i guess i feel like i've seen a few decent like female based kind of spy action novel like not novels uh movies Mm. and i feel like that's what bond would would look like
0: do you know what i mean Um, things like haywire yeah 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 yeah
2: so i don't know i mean i think i would probably prefer a, a original female character um, mm. just because they wouldn't have, then, the baggage of a Bond.
0: I was thinking this, though, actually. You know how they got all these ridiculous names for Bond ladies, like Octopussy, I think the previous one was uh, Holly Goodhead, mm-hmm. and she was a scientist. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking though, if you did it with a female Bond and she's going around the world bagging blokes with ridiculously sexual innuendo names, wouldn't one of them be Roger Moore? Absolutely, one
2: word. Oh, very good. Robin. Good evening, Miss
0: Bond. I'm Roger Moore. I would certainly hope so. Yeah,
2: I would very, but that's it. Hoping that the audio picks up
1: me clapping. Well, of course, you'd also have to have a interact with uh, Mr. Direction. First name, Hugh. (laughs) Uh, Do we know why Roger Moore was convinced back
0: to the role? Money,
2: money, money.
0: That and... Well, that's always the reason. But wasn't it because Sean Connery was coming back and they felt they needed to have it be Connery v. Moore? yeah
1: exactly because never say never again was coming out the same year they decided that to have Roger Moore back in the role up against Sean Connery playing Bond again would be the uh the more logical money making idea, and then we're right.
0: I think to be honest, this would have been a bad debut film for a new bond exactly oh yeah. When you get with a new Bond, you've got to give him a stylistic change as well.
2: Each new Bond is a start of a different era, and each Bond has its own kind of ups and a, a downsides, good sides. And each Bond has at least, I think, one great movie, or one movie that is kind of typical of their sort of style. And, you know, I'm not going to say this is a perfect movie, but I think it's something that of some of the worst of Bond, but it's also an example of a lot of what makes Bond fun.
0: Could you say it's maybe it's the more Bond films in its purest form this film is? Maybe. Because it does have, like you say, spectacular stunts. I mean, mm. that's the thing with the Roger Moore films in particular. I feel like they really at that point said what we're going to have more than anyone is the spectacle and the stunts. You know, they were pushing the envelope for stunts at this time in the way now that mission impossible is. And you look at how they made a big deal about Tom Cruise hanging off the side of a plane. (laughs) in the Mission Impossible films, obviously the big deal is that it was Tom Cruise doing it, but you got Bond hanging off of a plane in this one. And, you did. and in Moonraker, only two films earlier, they're doing a fight in the middle of, in, you know, in the air on, on parachutes and everything, with the suits very suspiciously baggy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're fighting each other. I think the problem with that is then you do the close-up of Roger Moore, obviously, against a blue screen. <laughs> like, you know, those great visuals of someone doing incredible flips and then it cuts to a close-up where the actor themselves just sort of, Slightly bends their knees down yeah, as if yeah, they have yeah. just
2: landed. Or just like you know? clings to something and you're like, oh, look at you, giving it
1: your all.
0: I've been nervous for Roger Moore just stepping off a train, let alone jumping off a train. Fighting it a is very train. satisfying when
1: you see the stumped person's face properly and you're like, well, you look nothing like Roger Moore. God bless you, man. <laughs> you're making your dime.
0: It's like when you hear um when you see footage of the original Darth Vader, uh, David Prowse. <laughs> Doing, doing the lines in his thick West Country accents. Here, <laughs> I want the back alive. You're a traitor with the rebel Luke, the lions. <laughs> Luke, it's your da one of the things we were saying with the Diamonds Are Forever as well is how often James Bond is really just there to help the rich stay incredibly rich. You know, mm. Goldfinger. It's like, oh, no, all of our gold might disappear. Oh, God. Oh, no. Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, no, the diamond industry is being undercut. Oh, my God. James
1: Bond went to eat and what do you expect?
0: With this one, it's like, Bond, the Fabergé egg market's being flooded.
1: Bond, Bond, the restaurants are about to close. Get them 50% off on Mondays to Wednesdays.
2: People are going down to the shops with a ba- wheelbarrow full of Fabergé eggs just to buy a loaf of bread.
0: <laughs> How <much>? The currency's <laughs> gone out the window. Bond. Ah, this is the Deutschmark in the 20s all over again. You will
1: get 100 grams of rice for one egg.
2: Please, give me egg. Give me multiple egg. I will
0: give you bread. Um, <laughs> have, have either of you guys ever been to an auction?
2: Yes. Some housing thing, I don't know. Some, something. I was there I was there with an adult. <laughs> As 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 a, as a team, we've been brought along to. You're really talking about like I was not in Sotheby's. <laughs> I was in a small auction house in Belfast that was working through. I think someone's property, some painting. Like I'm a fidgeter, and I was with my dad, and I think I like scratched my face, and Dad was like, "Don't fucking do that." <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> because like, uh, not from a COVID thing. That was mere mere twinkle in a bat's eye at that point. Just like from just because like people are. Subtle, and they're very careful, and like no one's like swinging their hand up in the air. It's all little things like
0: that. Yeah, little little hints and things. Do you remember we saw when we watched the Madonna film? Oh God, we oh. And there's a scene in that where things are being bought for hundreds of thousands of dollars in auction and at the end of every one there's just a big round of applause and you just hate this capitalist society even more. But I was wondering actually with the auctioneers one of the things that I noticed in auction is after a certain point he suddenly increases the increase with no word. Because he's going 150, 160, 170, 180, 190, 200, 220, 240 and I'd love it if someone who put their bid up at first just went whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. (laughs) Whoa,
1: whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. (laughs) I think you'll find I'm happy with with 210 thank you i think it's you.
1: generally agreed in auction houses when it gets to a certain point the increments do increase don't ruin this bit for me Tim. no
0: sorry man <laughs> But yeah, like oh, just increase it by 10 okay does anyone want to bid 230 yes Ah, oh, damn how do they know my limits uh, <laughs> i've showed my hand there a little bit Can I bid 232 and a half but <laughs> no higher <laughs> scrabbling around their wallet and 10 <laughs> yeah I bid eleven p. And a button. Anyone for a button?
2: <laughs> Would you swap the Faber-Shake? What if I throw in a packet of cheese strings? Come on,
0: <laughs>
2: come on, fella. The stringy cheese, all the kids love. Come on.
0: <laughs> also, as far as decadence goes, did you see that Russian base of operation? No wonder the Berlin Wall fell. If they were spending it all on those fancy marble offices, to... <laughs> the revolving circular desk. It was in. Incredible.
2: The um and Burkhoff just rolling in a chair being like uh
0: Acting Acting Bloody Acting is with a capital A C T I N and Have you ever listened to a Burkhoff interview? No. Oh, it's incredible because um I remember Chris Morris talking about one in the Adam Buxton podcast. And he's being psychoanalyzed. And you see, it's all about the theater and the <laughs> lies that we tell ourselves within our personalities. that We need to lie in order to reach a truth. And I just love this idea that he's probably one of those guys that gives really unsolicited advice to everyone on every set and tv show he's on whether he's directing it or not i love to imagine him saying to roger moore yes but roger what are we saying through our eyebrows we are saying that we are are eyeing the brows of society the outer limits those that are above us but also maybe below us is where we are seeing the truth and that's probably why I got gunned down halfway through the film. Louis, 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 come closer, come closer, come closer. You're in a puzzle. You're in a puzzle.
1: You're in a puzzle. But how do you get out of the puzzle? But you are the puzzle. Think about <laughs> it. And then
2: someone's like I just I'm just doing the catering. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you yeah. like a ham sandwich or a ham and cheese sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> ah, tea or
1: coffee. Yes, does... uh, tea. Uh, wrong, it was coffee. I really really
2: like His death scene I mean I, I like it In what he does with it I don't like that Bond isn't involved I do think that like We were talking about Like how we would Improve the movie That would be how I would improve I would the movie. Kind of move Berkhoff and can Around a bit But the um, When your Mother man from the Soviet goes A common thief Orov looks up And goes Yes But in three days I will be A hero And then dies I thought that was I thought that was great Yeah
0: well, that's great.
2: That that's another flash of the like the more serious movie that like is buried between layers of. It's an island
1: full of women.
2: It's an <laughs> island of <Yes. that's laughs> sexy women will not see Bond for several
1: days. They wear cat suits.
0: <laughs> Knob joke. I love I love to imagine Steve Burke of having never seen a Bond film before. Yes. And then he does this film and then watches the rest of the film. But it's like, they were filming what? Whilst I was away? <laughs> but that is funny, actually. The point that you make is that, weirdly, in all the bomb films, despite it, all of all the main ones from this era coming during the Cold War, none of them are the Russians, the direct enemy. I feel like that's like hedging your bets, kind of like how they don't want to portray the Chinese too badly nowadays.
2: Well, what they've kind of got is an idea that there are like rogue agents. Like that's what Orloff is, that he's like this, he's yeah. a madman, and he's gone insane, he's gone to do this, that, the other. And the idea is like, yes, are generally bad, but they're not necessarily the bad guys. It's like a, yeah. someone who's either like manipulating things to to get a lot of money like Khan or someone who's kind of gone insane like Orlov. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's because the Cold War in the kind of early 80s, people were genuinely like still processing the fear that the Cold War might get hot. So they didn't want...
0: I don't think anybody wanted to put out a film that would be seen as a provocation necessarily. Yeah, so they have the rogue Russian be gunned down by Russians. Mm. Similarly, in From Russia With Love, he's working alongside a Russian agent, and then there's another Russian agent that's betrayed the Russians yeah. to join Spectre, or Smursh. Spectre, Spectre, it is, sorry. Yes. And it's the Russian woman that kills her. Again, it's Russians... Killing off Russians. Like, just gotta hedge those bets. Yes. You know, weirdly, really, really angry, cinephile Russian general who's <laughs> like, mm. that is what they think of us? Well, I will show them now. <laughs> just can't piss off all the Bond fans in Moscow. Moscow. But it's interesting that you bring up now the boat full of women.
2: Come on, girls, in, out, <laughs> in, out.
0: Yeah,
1: it, I mean, the, the Indian women's rowing team really need to get their uniform shit together because it was just all over the place.
2: I love, there's a line where Octopussy, which is an insane every time. It's a bit like thinking about Trump being president. Every time I say it, it's a little more normal. And then every so often I catch myself and I go, that's not only the name of the film... That's only the name of a cult is the name of an actual person within the film. And there is a line where someone says, that's my little octopus. But anywho, there's a line where she goes, directionless young women in the Middle East. And I gave them things. And of course, like all the women, or I think most of the women are white. So what you have is basically the impression of a bunch of girls in their gap year do their kind of moon party in Thailand and then go ah oh, fuck should I just stay out here and then someone comes along and is like do you want to hang out with a bunch of girls and like occasionally like steal jewels or do really really bad fight choreography I mean you know I did I went on a gap year you know I didn't go anywhere I went to France if I and my Directionless Afternoons in Bezier had been offered a chance by a woman to, to join a all female cult of jewel thieves might I have done it who's to say <laughs> who's to say
0: well, that's what I was thinking, like, obviously, this isn't uh, anyway any way kind of a film for equality, but weirdly, is this as close as a Bond film's got to it so far up to this point in the 80s? The fact that, at the end of the film, one of the fighting armies is an army of women taking on an army of men, and the, it, the title character is the female character of the film, and she has made... A success of herself through diamond smuggling and circuses. (laughs) Two very obvious industries to get into. (laughs) But like, you know, in relative terms, is this as close as Bond's getting to be something that could be almost considered, not feminist, but female-friendly in its positive moments? Obviously, there are plenty of negatives within there as well. I don't know. I don't know. Just putting that out there.
2: To me, it gives the lie to... The kind of corporate feminism thing Of like if you put more women In the boardroom Then we've somehow done it We've beat sexism (laughs) Women that she has in the cult They're not portrayed necessarily They're all just Meant to be there and to be ogled You know There's no sense of them as like Even when they come in And do all the fighting at the end now, so the thing is, I wonder if I'm looking at that scene. I'm not going to say, I'm going, oh, my God, the fight choreography here is so bad. The action's bad. Like, they don't look as if they're actually hitting the men with any force at all. And I don't know whether that's me judging it then against the sentence of today. Because it's not as if the men-on-men fight scenes is that much better. No. The problem is that they have a bunch of models who are all these, like, skinny wee girls. And it's only so hard a skinny wee girl can pretend to hit. And then they're fighting all these, like big kind of muscly dudes and the dudes are selling the punches as hard as they can but it just doesn't have the same impact as it were. and I just um, so I don't know like the thing is what we needed to have was for Bond to look scared or something at the idea of like an island for women where his response was to be like and the whole thing of Bond on an island full of women we will not see him until dawn like if someone had been like oh it's it's an all female cult and Bond had gone
1: oh fuck (laughs) yeah it felt like he was too at home Oh.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I'm yes, yes, finally yes. getting my comeuppance. <laughs> I'm calling you Monday,
1: you Tuesday, you Wednesday week, you Wednesday.
2: It's a very silly film. You know, he fucks somebody on a circular bed. He doesn't fuck somebody. Who does he fuck? He fucks octopusy, which once again is her name.
1: <laughs> and also sort of a little tidbit that I loved is the fact that her bed is designed to look like an octopus as well well. something about that was like well, we could have gone to Ikea and just gotten here a simple bed but no
2: can we break it down, sorry octopus, I don't know about you fellas I'm not a heterosexual man
0: I'm barely one Right.
2: I don't necessarily think of octopuses as sexy Right.
0: Well, then, when when they use the imagery inspector, they really underline the lack of sexiness involved. Yeah, I really think it's just the pun. (laughs) In all honesty, is the only reason. Because I did note make a note at one point as well when uh, someone says, "Oh, you're my little Mm octopusy." I made a note. My little my little octopusy never really took off in the kids' toy market. (laughs) It's just
2: my little octopusy.
0: Uh, Although they did have the yo-yos. They went crazy for those. The (laughs) razor-sharp yo-yos. Oh,
1: could we talk about the yo-yo (laughs) buzzsaws? You want one? No, because they are both the best and the most impractical weapon I've ever seen (laughs) in the history of cinema. Just... The the dude has to be elevated, yes, ninety eight percent of the time to be anywhere near effective.
0: Oh no, a bungalow. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he doesn't do any cool yo yo tricks with it
2: either. He doesn't like walk the dog. He doesn't go around the world. It's just up and down. It's uh, I've
1: I've I've seen better yo yo performers. All he does is give Vijay a splitting headache. <laughs>
0: I think it's just one of those things that's visually striking, but then you think about it for more than two seconds. You're like, hang on. When that comes flying back towards him with equal propulsion, you know, I know my physics.
1: Yeah, it- <laughs> oh, Thank God you do, because this movie doesn't. <laughs> it's so, so, so impractical. And you think, you could have just gone in with a gun. You could have gone in with... With swords, you could have chosen any sort of manner of death. and Instead, you. But you
2: don't understand, Tom. It's exotic. (laughs) I think that's the big thing, and that's the big problem when you look back. I mean, the women thing is probably like on par with most bonds of the era. But there is like, it's the exoticization and kind of the orientalism. Of, of what's
0: kinda... It's a year ahead of Temple of Doom. Yes, with the like the the, 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 the heads for dinner and stuff like Here's that. Here's the
4: thing:
1: I don't I don't think it's just that because the whole movie is just scattered stereotypical racist connotations. I mean, you look at when he's in Germany. Oh
2: yeah, and he gets he's being getting force fed sausages and
1: beer. He hitches the lift with a couple in a VW Beetle, and they are so stereotypically Bavarian, offering him sausages, breakfast, drink this, ha ha, want to be lovely yeah, and yeah, yeah. overweight, It's just, it's horrific.
0: That's also funny as well because it's set in East Germany. You know, I know you were saying that Belfast would have been a, a grim setting for Bond in the 70s. East Germany is not much more glamorous. No,
2: no, no, they have to
0: stick him in a circus. He's on motorways, driving around. I mean, I
2: think it is quite telling that the big final climax not only is bond literally dressed as a clown his audience is hundreds of children yeah you know in a lot of ways that's kind of the movie as a whole bond is a clown and the audience is meant to be children
0: unfortunately the the audience are are men who take this very seriously and are angry that james bond's dressed as a clown or at least the loudest part of the audience is nowadays when they're retrospectively reviewing this
2: movie is so fun i mean i'm not going to tell you that it shouldn't like it couldn't have lost a few, like I could have lost at least thirty minutes. But it's it's just fun. I think it's I think it's stupid as fuck, and uh, it should be treasured for being that.
1: Yeah, I think as a bit of escapism, it's quite nice. But when you look at, I mean, the the whole reason for this mini series is we're looking back on Bond films as a whole, and it is one of the ones that sort of drags it down a little in my eyes. It was around like when we said at the start when we were watching like. James Bond films on ITV as kids and that's how I got into it it's around this point during the middle to the back end of the Roger Moore era that I completely lost interest
0: Mm. I just kind of saw them backwards and forwards in no particular order yeah. I have no vivid memories of watching them no. like like Aaron was saying they were they were like f- showing them in order every weekend I have no memory of that it would be like I may have been watching Octopussy once and then a month later I was watching Goldfinger in my memory and all I can remember are like snatches of scenes from different things I remember Goldfinger stuck you know Goldfinger in the, the, the plane window after it's been shot open and falling through it you know I remember Mr. Big cutting James Bond's uh, wrists in order to... Well, arm, not wrists. That would have been much worse. Uh, in order to set up the shark attack later on. You know, I remember, J- I remember Jaws very vividly. An odd job very vividly. I remember Roger Moore uh, having his car turn into a boat. And like I said, Roger Moore seemed to be the one that was the most vivid memories. I think also because maybe the late 70s, early 80s fashions was stuff I could relate to more than... When I see the Sean Connery bonds and they did feel like a different world to mine, Moore's maybe felt a bit more applicable in in the fashions and everything. I mean, this film came out the year I was born. Oh, right. So it's a little bit more relatable to me on on that front. So this was the last Bond that was released before I was born. Uh, Revealing my age there for all of you. Do your maths. Yep, I don't like to talk about it.
2: He's basically dead.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I definitely... Roger Moore wouldn't be interested in me if I was a woman at this stage. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I I think like I do appreciate that about Roger Moore Was that he got what was stupid about Bond
0: Oh yeah he never took it seriously at all And I
2: think that there's Like that's what's kind of fun about putting him in slightly serious movies Or the more serious end of things Because he will pull out the wee like fun strings of, uh, of it uh, even in like uh, something that seems initially quite kind of meant to be taken seriously but this thing they kind of lent into that part of his persona and I think it's why it, it, it rankled uh, with a lot of people but uh, to skip forward a bit I mean Daniel Craig I think has that ability to make fun of things uh, or to to be a bit silly and he's very careful to not do that with his bond there's a couple of wee jokes that you get occasionally couple of little quips but very much like this is not um i'm not winking at the audience which is why it was so fun to see him in knives out to playing yeah broad and, and, and bizarre a character
0: yeah i think knives out shows that he could probably do a roger moore bond if he had to he could probably make that work Um, But yeah, I think when he does step out of Bond, it's more in like the comic relief sketches he'll do or like the opening Olympic ceremony. I think he's in on the joke as well. Oh, uh, yeah. But that was the funny thing about Roger Moore. Roger Moore always said he's supposed to be the world's greatest spy, yet everyone knows who he is. (laughs) How am I supposed to take this seriously? So I kind of feel like those that kind of don't like Bond in a weird way will probably think that Roger Moore is the best one because he probably is more in line with their line of thinking about Bond. yeah. But I also think you can make the case that it's because of Roger Moore that there are still Bonds. Mm-hmm. Because George Lazenby didn't prove that Bond could exist without Sean Connery. They rushed back to him for, you know, Diamonds Are Forever. Uh-huh. It was Roger Moore that showed that Bond could live on without Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And so that gave them faith to go with Dalton and even when Dalton didn't work necessarily it gave them faith to try again with Brosnan and Daniel Craig. So I think the reason that there are now twenty-five bonds. Is as much down to Roger Moore as it is down to Sean Connery. I don't yeah. think you can make that. Make that. That's my argument for. I think
2: that that's it's convincing to me. I, what I'm intrigued by is really that there's the successful handover from Bond to Bond has been Brosnan to Craig, and Brosnan feels very much. I mean, at the time, I remember thinking that Die Another Day was so like cool and serious and like edgy and I think probably if I watched it now I would be like this can't be shit
0: well you'll have to stay tuned for our next episode (laughs) Mary subscribe to the podcast yourself and then you'll hear us discuss that Um, does anyone have any I've got a few bullet point notes from just random parts of the film that I wanted to mention do either of you guys have any other bits you want to drop in at this nope. point.
1: Go at a time. I, I do have a, a quick thing I would like to say. Out of I think pretty much most of the the original Bond films before it became tail end of the Brosnan era, the, the my favourite part about any one of the films and it, they all became they all blur into one in the end, but it's always my favourite bit, is um the bits with Q and the the interventions yeah. with inventions that he has just showing off.
2: The intervention he has with Bond where he tries to get him to go off the booze for just a week, just to prove
1: you can do it. <laughs> Bond will will care about you very much despite your changing faces.
0: We were theorising in the previous episode that when Spond has these crises of confidence, because like he gets captured so many times in every film that he's not actually that good at his job. And we kind of think that maybe Q is his drinking buddy when he's having those dark nights of the soul. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Q, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. I'm smoking myself to death every day. <laughs> I'm quite the fraud, you know. <laughs> I'm a charlatan of the highest order, Q. <laughs>
2: I am um, basically seeking to kill myself <laughs> with everything. I was <laughs> hoping eventually that uh, some a bullet will just find its way into my eyeballs.
1: Don't tell anyone else, but 007 is actually code for imposter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was another note I had, actually, when 009's running away dressed as a clown. Is he muttering to himself, 007 has to put up with this shit.
1: Yeah. He just gets to float with money, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, looking like Coco the fucking clown. <laughs> but then it will come back, you know. He was. They all succumb to the makeup in the end.
0: <laughs> Here are my just random notes throughout it. One was checkbooks were big back then. Oh God, yeah. There's a moment when Khan is writing mm. a check. Out the yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's b- almost as big as the novelty charity checks.
2: Yeah, and it helps it feel like a panto because they bring out this check that's clearly designed, that looks like it's designed to be seen by the audience at the back of a, like a 200-seater theatre,
1: you know? <laughs> this is a checkbook. Massive movements with the quill. It's just circles
0: where the amount being written out is a very long word compared to most people's checking <laughs> accounts. To James Bond. <laughs> That was the thing I I made a note about it, that like the way that James Bond escapes when he's on that really well filmed car chase throughout the streets of India. Is that first he gets saved by someone stabbing him and he has got a big wad of Indian money in his of his person that saves him. And then he throws it in the air to all the impoverished people that then flood the streets, which allows James Bond, the rich Englishman, to get away from his pursuers. Oh my god. So, again, are they aware of the symbolism in this? Bond using Q's gadgets in order to stare at a woman's breasts. And her being very amused at the thought. Because he is twelve. And <laughs> you know, he must have seen a thousand at this point. <laughs> and he still wants to know more.
2: That's the good part of Bond. Every woman he discovers anew. Um, yeah, it's like why are they why have they trapped this twelve year old boy in the body of a sixty-five year old man? And why are they making him try and kill himself with booze, cigarettes, and bullets?
0: <laughs> my, my next note, do you remember when Bond was being chased by the, the remaining twin of the knife throwers? And they were yes. throwing knives at him, and he was getting ca- like pinned against the door. I think the knife was trying to kill him each time, but he's just too damn good. Too damn <laughs> good like, I was it. never trained to kill someone with a knife. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> All I can do is just uh, go around you perfectly. Damn,
1: you've got such a beautiful outline.
0: Hopefully, it will form a hole that you'll fall through. <laughs> uh, my favourite line of dialogue, I think, in the whole film is, uh, let's see your circus pass. Do you remember that when Bond's trying to get into the US Army base claiming he's part of the circus? He says, well, let's see your circus pass, then. Go on, show me your egg. <laughs> <laughs> and so what bond does in order to get through this highly secure US army base is to run through the small chain that's in front of him just drive straight through it and they go oh my god he got past the chain
1: i think we need to spend a moment to talk about the like the the castle is it, is it the the fortress siege towards the end with the Union flag hot air balloon. I know we've mentioned it already, but that can get in the fucking ocean.
0: Like I was saying, imagine if this, you know, another land, like if it had been an island and there's a Union Jack flying He would have be had his head take... kicked the fuck in at certain points.
2: I mean, I, would, I was expecting much the same. Uh, it, it's um unobtrusive things. Surely they're planning a surprise attack. Why take something that is
0: bright yeah. right?
2: <laughs> impossible to hide, impossibly subtle with. It literally has an X on it. <laughs> you know, I've never been surprised by a hot air balloon. <laughs> if there's a hot air balloon around me, I am conscious of that hot air balloon. You become aware, don't you? <laughs> no one has snuck up on me in a hot air balloon. No one has snuck up on anyone in a hot air balloon. What's happened is someone's got up in a hair balloon and they've tried to find something and that person has turned around and gone, Oh my goodness, that's a hot air balloon. End like end of elements of surprise.
1: You know? Do you think he came over the the walls of the fortress singing to himself, the English alone knew da 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 da
2: I think that I imagine that playing in all English people's heads when they go to any any of the Commonwealth countries. <laughs>
0: hello it's us yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> your favorites
2: <laughs> that's why you like directing all the hobbit and lord of the rings movies took so long because peter jackson had to yell over all the british actors internal monologues of we used still alone you <laughs> <laughs> <"Boo-boo-boo." laughs> commonwealth
0: commonwealth uh, it's that classic eddie is our routine do you have a flag no no flag no country <laughs> So, yeah, I don't have anything more to add about Octopussy.
2: I consider this movie thoroughly roasted and toasted. (laughs)
0: Like a
1: marshmallow.
0: Do you still love it, though, Mary?
2: I still love it. I still love it. If it's on, I will still watch it until I have to get up and do something else because it is two hours long. Yeah.
0: Did did Tom give you the choice between this and a view to a kill? Because that was those were the two we were sort of debating to do out of the Roger Moore ones.
1: In fairness, the second I mentioned we were doing this, Mary immediately said, as long as it's octopussy, I'm in.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I genuinely love octopusy and I would I would like quite happily like it's so one last thing. The absolute audacity. To end a movie with an orgasmic James.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was like a perfect way to lead into uh, these questions I have for you, Barry. You may not want, you don't have to answer any of them if you don't have any opinions on them. Okay. But some of the things we're going to try and decide at the end of this. Uh, Which of the six Bonds are the best in a variety of uh, roles? And we're going to try and take advice on board as we can. Okay, And then order them ourselves. So we're looking for who's the best looking Bond? Who's the best dress Bond? Which Bond would be the best shag? Which Bond would win a battle royal fight between all six of the Bonds? uh, Which Bond would actually be the best spy? And which Bond would be most fun on a night out? Do you have an opinion on any of those categories? Yes, I
2: do. Okay, so give me them again.
0: Best looking Bond.
2: Best looking Bond. Best looking Bond is, is Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan with Timothy Dalton a close
0: second, but it is Pierce Brosnan. I think Pierce Brosnan for the chill alone.
2: Ask me again, ask me another.
0: Best dressed Bond? Do you have an opinion on that? Best dressed Bond? Aaron was very much like, that's trying to choose between a, a variety of possums. You know, like what's the difference exactly? <laughs>
2: Well, I think it gets down to what era of suit do you like? And I really think that, um, I mean, basically what you're saying is what decade of menswear do I like? And I think probably Sean Connery has the slight edge on this beyond just being what's familiar to me. I think, I think it's
0: probably Connery. Uh, which bomb would be the best shag? Do you have an opinion on that? Hmm.
2: It might be. It might be
0: Lazenby. Well, he's a man that can fall in love, so there might be some more emotion and tenderness in it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. What can I say, lads? I'm ai am a tender, a tender-hearted girl. I want someone who'll remember my name and not try and shoot
0: me. That's a very interesting point. I think I'm going to... I hadn't thought of it that way, and I'm going to factor that into my final listing of that. That's a very good, very good addition there, Mary. Who would win a battle royal fight? You can give us order of elimination, you can just say... Do you think coming out on top?
2: Well, as a result of being the bond in a post-born era when everybody had to step their game up as regards fight scenes, it has to be Daniel Craig. Yeah, I agree. he actually feels like he fights. And but I think that it, the final is between him and Connery.
0: That's interesting, though. You go for the first one to the latest one. That's interesting. Yeah, I
2: think it is. Craig, Craig ultimately wins, but it's it's him and Connery at the end. I think I think Brosnan goes down first.
0: Really? Before Moore?
2: Yeah, I think Moore's a little bit too tricky. I think it's... I mean, I am kind of spitballing this, but I'm going to say it's Brosnan, Dalton, Moore, Lazenby, Connery,
0: Craig. Wow, Moore outlasting Dalton as well. I'm interested in that. Is it because he's he's, he's probably the tallest one, I think, Roger Moore. He's very tall, so he might have the range. He's
2: tall, and also I think he's quite tricky.
0: He's a tricky, tricky, tricky...
1: I feel like the original ones are mainly, like, the occasional judo throw and a chop. Whereas Daniel Craig, you know he's got Krav Maga under his fucking belt. You know what he's got some crazy background.
0: He's getting a rear naked choke in there. Yeah, he's...
1: The dude's been in bar fights. You can feel that.
0: Which Bond would actually be the best spy? If we think of spies maybe more along the, the smiley end of the thing, like the Tinker Tailor Soldier spy, possibly. If they, like, as Roger Moore said, like, not have everyone know your name. (laughs) <laughs> like actually have to do proper spy work.
2: That's a tough one, because I think they're all a bit too good looking. Kinda of want someone with a bit of more of a craggy face, or someone who could kind of blend into the background a bit more. A bit understated
0: The Gary Oldman. Type. It
2: might be a George Lazenby deal again there. The most generic
0: of them. And which Bond would be most fun on a night out? Connery. <laughs> yeah.
1: Without question. Both
0: as Bond and as himself. He might give you a, <laughs> the back of his hand if you step out of line, though, Mary. <laughs> Just a warning.
1: Listen here, sweetheart. We wanted independence. We're going to get independence.
0: Also, one thing we're doing as well is looking at potential actors that could take the role on, given that this is probably going to be the last of the Craig Bonds. Do you have any opinions on any actors you think could do the role? um Like we've already talked about the potential of a female Bond, could you think of a female actor that could do the Bond role? Aaron offered Sonia Jackson from EastEnders as his suggestion.
2: Okay, just someone who looks like they could get in a fight. Someone who could get in a fight and then kind of walk away from it a bit. I wish I had an answer ready for this. Let me, let me, let me think on it because obviously there is one young female actor who's available and and ready to work and would carry on the Pierce Brosnan thing of the Irish
0: connection, then that's just me. I mean, how? yeah, we were talking about, I don't know if you you, you haven't, thankfully, I guess you haven't heard our episode where we did talk about Pierce Brosnan and how, in hindsight, we realised he didn't do much to hide the Irish in his bond after a while. And, uh, And so we had a bit of fun with the notion of an Irish bond. Uh you can listen back to that episode of Final Score if you want to and uh, and then wonder why you please, would have ever agreed to talk to us Please don't first do twice. that Please
2: <laughs> Let me see you kind of really want someone who's not really on anyone's radar someone who's a little yeah. kind of because that's the thing about Craig the people knew of him because of layer cake but he was not in in the A
0: list yeah, that's why I think all the talk of Tom Hardy is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, Tom far... Hardy
2: and, in lots of ways, Idris Elba. Yeah,
0: it's yeah unfortunately. You
2: know? No, I'm like yeah. uh, Idris Elba knows now that nobody will, like... Uh, the people won't have him as, as Bond.
0: And I think the problem with him now, unfortunately, is Craig is Craig's kind of ageing out of the role. I mean, obviously, Idris looks great for it, but I think he's only a year younger than Daniel Craig. So it would be like the Sean Connery-Roger Moore thing, you know? I wonder um, whether...
2: Oh, my God, why... Sorry, this I've just had, tried to tried to go into a website to remind myself of somebody's name, and then uh, had to do a bunch of. had do avoid a bunch of ads? Ah!
0: We might we might know it if you just give us some films. We're pre- both pretty nerdy that way. If
1: you want me to throw my hat in the ring whilst Mary's doing the research,
0: yeah, sure. I've got like a hit list of ten, so I might find one or two of them. I'd say
1: if there's going to be a bond, I'd quite like to go back and see someone like Richard Madden. From Game of Thrones, perhaps taking
0: the role? Yeah. Well, he got a lot of hype, didn't he, after that Bodyguard TV show, yeah. which kind of died down. Similar to the pole dark guy, like when that was at its peak. In
2: the latest version of Emma, which was released in um, 2020 and is a fantastic film, if anybody gets a chance to, say, there was a couple of fantastic actors. Um, I think Callum Turner or Josh O'Connor, neither of whom are that big, but are both very good. Frank? Callum Turner, especially, I think. Josh O'Connor Is he the
0: one that's quite tall and very square jawed?
2: Yeah, he well he's uh he plays Frank Churchill, who's sort of the who she thinks she's in love with. And then she's not. Ah.
0: He's got the chops. Yeah. I have my top three that I think are the most likely ones to get it. Okay, yeah. The first one is the guy who's playing Lucifer right now. Oh okay. you know who's in Miranda as well? Tom Ellis.
2: I don't think they'll go for someone who's known for such a campy role, personally. But carry on.
0: Well, I mean, Pierce Brosnan did Remington Steele, to be fair. Yeah. But um, I also think, why does his name escape me now all of a sudden? Great actor. He was in, like, he came to fame in uh, Downton Abbey, and then he did The Guest, and he was in the Eurovision film.
1: Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens would make a great-ass Bond. Dan
0: oh, Stevens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. If I had to put money on who I think will be the next Bond, and they alluded to it in a film he was in this year, I think it will be Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, he would actually be really good. Yeah. He'd be really good. He has the looks. He's got the kind of the, the body type. Yeah.
0: And I think they'll want to go away from the Daniel Craig tougher mold to maybe go back to more that Pierce Brosnan, Roger Moore kind of gallivanting gentleman about town.
1: Yeah, pick some of the grit out and turn him more suave.
0: Yeah, and I think Henry Golding would fit that. So would Dan Stevens and uh, and Tom Ellis as well.
1: Do you think Daniel
2: Kalu is too big for it?
0: I think he's the problem. Is he's already done Marvel films? I think he could do it. I think Dev Patel could be a great Bond as well.
2: Ooh, ooh, yeah.
0: Because he actually has got martial arts background, which he used in that last Airbender film. uh, Unfortunately, but which um, we
1: shan't. Well, let, let us talk no more of that.
0: But we could go on about this for ages and i want to save some names for later I'm
1: gonna go for a female one though uh i did watch uh a blonde a couple of years ago and i thought charlie Theron in that i could very happily watch her do a similar role in the near future where she's a spy who could really pull out some fucking brilliant action scenes
0: she's got the height as well what about the woman from uh tenet's uh the australian woman uh she was in widows Elizabeth as well DeBette? she's like six foot two or something yeah she's, yeah yeah she's fantastic she could she could do it yeah anyway we'll save that we've got i've still, i've got loads of names actually i'll just quickly give one last shout out to probably the most obscure one because he was a mate when i was growing up because mm-hmm. i went to the same drama group as quite a few people that have done stuff one of them mm-hmm. was felicity jones oh hang on mm-hmm. let me just pick up that name there there you go
2: get ready because another name's gonna get
0: dropped God, I've got my shovel um, but the one that I would I think he could do it I, I definitely think he'll get an audition is his name's Gwillem Lee and the thing you might have seen him in well he was in Midsummer Murders for a few years but you will have seen him in Bohemian Rhapsody where he played Brian May
2: oh yes
0: um, the, obviously with the Brian May hair it's hard to believe it but if you google image search Willem Lee you know tell me he wouldn't fit a tuxedo pretty yeah, well he was,
1: he was also in uh, the series that was on recently uh, The Great with Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Holt could be
0: another yeah. good actor for him yeah Nicholas Holt again because he's been beast and things like that I think he might be a bit too big for the role but um, mm, yeah possibly. he was also in my shortlist as well um, yeah Oh, actually, my most, my most unusual pick, I'll say it now. And this is, you know, you think someone doing a campy role would, would disqualify them. I think Kaya Novak genuinely could be a good Bond. Oh. I think he's got the looks for it. Oh, who, who, who's he? Was he in, in? Uh Phone Jacker. Kaya Novak is in What We Do in the Shadows now. He was one of the Four Lions. Rubber Diggy Rapids broke. Oh,
2: oh, him. Right, yes it's yes 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 i have him now i have him now
0: <laughs> and you're enjoying it now <laughs> mm,
2: yes yes now I'm, no, I'm hugely on board
0: <laughs> right well i think that's given all of ourselves things to think about tonight I've, I've had a great time
2: i've had a lovely time as well yeah
0: it's been very nice we'll have to have you back at a later date
2: I would love to be that.
0: To pick a, another bad British film, maybe with a bit. Because the thing with Bonds is, even the worst ones have got at least some stuff going for them. Whereas, for sure. believe me, Mary, some of the shit we've had to sit through, you'll be amazed. And <laughs> if you've got any Northern Irish films, because that counts for now in <laughs> Best of worst <Western> British, <laughs> if you've got any suggestions that come from there, uh, let us know. They might have been filmed like on the back lot of the Game of Thrones sets, so, like stole a couple of costumes and went into the forest somewhere. To film
2: um it. I'll I'll keep an eye out. No, nothing comes to mind. Uh, but did you want an actual good uh yes, British yes, yes. Film? well <laughs>
0: that's that's now what we ask for Hey you! Don't watch that! Watch this this is where we usually recommend a British film. Uh, we were going to, we, when we have our guests take it on board. I tried to watch Roger Moore's favourite film of his own, which is The Man Who Haunted Himself. Ooh. I didn't get time to before this episode did. But if I watch it in the interim and I think it's good, then I will recommend that as well, personally. But if you want to watch a film that Roger Moore loves, that's one well for you. But Mary, sorry, it's your turn. If you have any British films that you love, whether they're obscure or well known, what is something you can recommend for us?
2: I would go for In Bruges. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's funny. I think it's smart. I think it, it's perfectly written. I think the cast is amazing. It, I think it's it goes to some really funny places, some really like dark places, and it's all perform. Everyone's just performing really well. A film that people might not have seen is Direct My Home. Is as, as a film called Odd Man Out. Which is a 1947 film directed by Carol Reed, who famously directed *The Third Man*. It stars James Mason and uh, Roman Polanski. Well, I guess that's not as good a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like Roman Polanski likes the movie, but Roman Polanski. Anywho, uh, so it's set in an unnamed Northern Irish city, but it is. It is pretty explicitly Belfast It's just not not said explicitly And um, There's lots of Belfast actors and Irish actors And it's the first movie that I saw That I heard a Belfast accent in black and white In a movie It's basically It has the idea of it um, It's basically this guy who's Fighting for an unnamed Republican movement who's wounded And sort of has this kind of Odyssean journey through Belfast To try and find somewhere To stay, somewhere that's somewhere that he can he can rest and it's very noir and it's very dark and it's uh and james mason is great in it yeah i i so yeah i would go i would go in bruges which is last 15 years that's 15 years probably not earlier than that and uh odd man out which is 947 and those are my two
0: i was thinking. If I, if I could get Ray Fiennes to say any lines from his films to me, mm. it would be one of two choices. It would either be, would the are simple? I would love to do that whole oh, scene man. with him. I think that would be amazing. Or just have him yell at me, you're, you're in an inanimate fucking object.
4: <laughs>
0: but also, just quickly as well, shout out, I, I did reference it earlier on as well. I assume you've seen it as well, because it's very similar in plot, I guess, to Odd Man Out, although it's a British soldier, uh, 71. That came out a few yes. years that's ago funny. with Jack O'Connell. I love that film yes, as well. Great. Although that was more meant to be like sort of a John Carp into it wasn't really meant to be that political. It was just meant to be kind of a thriller in a tense environment.
2: Well, no, I think that's the other thing about that's the thing about that's the thing about Odd Man Out* as well is that really the politics is is kind of the dressing that it, that enables the what's going on. So it's basically kind of a journey into one man's soul.
0: Yeah, there are some great films set in Northern Ireland. The uh, *Breakfast on Pluto*. *Breakfast on
2: the- Pluto* is is another great one. Killian Murphy doing tip-top stuff where he went off to become the Scarecrow and what's-his-face, a Tenet guy, started liking him.
0: And everyone's favourite Brummy, Tommy Shelby. Tommy Shelby, <sighs>
2: that's what he's in.
0: I saw an Irish Northern Irish film a long time ago called An Everlasting Peace, which was about two men selling wigs in Northern Ireland during the Troubles.
2: Oh, I did, I have not seen that. I'll have to I'll have to look it up, uh, another great film, uh, Good Vibrations. But anyway, look, we've thrown out a lot of recommendations.
0: Yes, yes, that was another one I wanted to... Yeah, I I haven't seen that. I keep meaning to see that. But anyway, if people want to get in touch with you, Mary, having heard your opinions on Bond and hopefully not just blokes trying to tell you where you're wrong, (laughs) um, how can they get in touch with you So uh, through the social medias and what have you?
2: Gratefully welcome all all blokes who want to tell me that I'm wrong. Um, I will merely tell you that (laughs) you are wrong. Um, uh, You can get me on Twitter, at OurLadyofFlam. And I also play a weekly choose-your-own-adventure game on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash mazflaz. That's twitch.tv forward slash M-A-Z-F-L-A-Z. And uh, if you go there on Sundays at 8pm, I go mental uh, with whoever's watching me. And I let the chat tell me what happens in a story that we all kind of make up together. And it's very silly and very fun.
0: If you want to get in touch with our show, it's Pod. That is our Twitter handle, B-O-W-O-B-Pod. Our Instagram as well. You have an Instagram. That's Pod. If you want to get an email to us, it's podcast at gmail.com. My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Apple, N for November. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Let's Box, to be put an at gmail.com. At the end of it, that's my email address. I have a wrestling podcast called Let Me Tell You Something mm. and 21st Films, where we discuss films around the time of their 21st anniversary. Thomas, how can people get in touch with you? Well, Tom, sorry. How can oh, Thank get in touch you, dear.
1: With you? Um, you can get in touch with me at Tom Hodkinson, spelled Tom with an H, because uh, if, if Roger Moore can get away with womanising, then yeah, I'm allowed to do that. you can also uh, find me on instagram and facebook via those mediums that's how you can
0: find me and that's how you can tell me i'm terrible Uh, mary did tom tell you about the capper we like to do on these episodes if we can also one other thing maybe mary you could do when no time to die comes out if you get the chance to see it and maybe send us a little capsule to like one minute review of what you thought of it or something perfect that might be something really cool for us to put all our guests in yes when we do the final episode So it's two Bonds down, two Bonds to go. We're now within the Bonds of our own lifetimes with myself and Tom being joined by Andy Hughes of the Dinosaur Man podcast to discuss the final film of Pierce Brosnan's four Bond outings. It's Die Another Day, where Bond drives an invisible car and you can barely see where he's replaced by a CGI figure as he paraglides through the arctic tidal waves. Whatever that means. We'll see you then.